three, three, two, two, one. one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present, of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only. Asher Chua. How's your day going? Ah, oh, man, it's a day. How about that? How about yours? Pretty good. It's uh, trying to date, dodge raindrops over here a little bit, but... Yeah. All right, I'm good. All right. I was playing out in the rain in my uh, rain boots today. I picked some up yesterday at um, <laughs> at Academy, and I was like, let me let me go try these out. That's what's I just up. realized that I was about to try to plug in this... Uh, this mic I got the other day. Hey, is that Into the Yeti? What's that? Is that the Yeti mic? Uh, yeah, the Finny. Oh, okay, Finny. Or, yeah, I know that one. Or wait, it's F I F I N E. Is that it? I don't know. No, that's okay. Like, yeah. It's but all good. Yeah. I was looking at at some mics and like it's from a YouTube video and it's like, Oh yeah, you should get this mic and this, and this is good for travel. And I go and I check the price and it's like 400 something. I'm like, uh, I can't do that right now, but yeah. we had a comparison and this mic was right next to it for like 27 bucks mm-hmm. and over like 1200 people rated it over like about five stars or four and a half stars. And I was like, yeah. Hey, that, I'll go with that. Yeah. I got you. All right. I'm ready when you are. Okay. But I'd say we we basically already started. I, I don't I don't do oh, anything formal. My bad. <laughs> but no, you're good. You're good. Um, you know this joint says six to eight. We're not doing two hours, are we? No, no, no. I just put a time in there. I oh. was just gonna, if anything, maybe an hour. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I figured like short enough to be able to get on the uh, the social media call. Absolutely, which I never get the I never get the notices. So I was really excited that I might be able to get on tonight. Nice. So. Uh, the way I've been starting this so far is just asking you this uh, simple question. It, I'll just ask it. Um, so, Jesse Ross, who do you say you are? Uh, man, I am a father. I am a connector. I am um, a man of the people and I'm a servant. I just want to serve people. Okay. So, in your uh, service role, like, how do you go about serving? Um, so, <laughs> what's funny is I'm at my church right now, which is why I was a little bit late. Um, I, so I, I was able to understand a long time ago that, um, there's certain things that I'm really, really good at and certain things that I'm not, the things that I'm not really really good at, I keep, I stay away from, (laughs) I try my hardest to get out of them and to not, um, act like I know about stuff that I don't know about the stuff that I do know, um, which is kind of around some of the stuff that I do in business. Um, I try to lend my, my talents and my gifts and, and time. Um, and even treasure wherever I can. And so <clears throat> some of the services, just when people need me to show up, I show up. When people need ideas, um, I'm always willing to give ideas. Um, I'm a pretty kind of hands-on person. And so often people need um, someone to execute. And that's what I do really, really well. Okay. And so um, in some of that service roles, I, I just show up, man. I, I build relationships with people. I do my best. I know professionally, I'm a consultant, I'm a speaker and a coach. Those are kind of the three arms of uh, what I do professionally. And so I, I get to serve people in and throughout relationships and different organizations and, and one-on-one and I love it. Got you. How long have you been in, in the uh, the speaking space professionally? 
Uh, so doing my own thing for about four years now. I started speaking though, probably close to 15, close to 15 years ago. I worked for an organization where I had to give talks to young people every, um, every Monday night. And so I, I got real early practice of how to put together a talk, how to make it uh, relatable, because these were all high school and middle school kids. So it had to be short, had to be sweet, and it had to be engaging. Um, but then after I left that organization, I realized, man, I really enjoyed that part of, of what I did. And I took the leap and started doing it professionally for four years. Gotcha. Nice. And that, what, what kind of led you down that path? Was it just like a volunteer opportunity came up for you to speak to the, the youth? Um, you know, once you do the same thing every Monday for about eight years, 15, you know, eight to 10 years, like you kind of just get like stuck in it and you try to figure out what's, um, hold on one second. Okay. <laughs> they forgot you, the group is in tonight. Uh, sorry about that. The no, you're good. Mosaic is out there today. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I got kind of, I got used to it. And once you do something for so long and you enjoy it and then it just stops, I was like, man, I, I got to miss it. Like I really, I genuinely miss talking to people on a Monday night or coming up with talks or trying to create creative stuff. Um, and it became, because I did it so much, it became easy. And so that was partly why um, when I left um, the organization, I was like, man, I gotta figure out how to get back into that part. Uh, and they used, to, they used to fly me all across the country and I used to talk to different groups. And so I, I got early exposure to it um, for free. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I really like this. So that, that kind of pushed me to, to get back into it. I just didn't know that you can make money doing it until right. after I left. I was like, oh, wait, 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 you get paid for this? Oh, this is, I thought it was just part of the job. Right. So you were doing it for free for eight years? Ah, oh, man, for eight years. Every Monday night, um, trainings and camps and all types of stuff. Man. Yeah. And that was that through your church? Or, I mean, you said it was through that organization. Like, how did you link up with that organization? It was a nonprofit. So I was I was a part of a nonprofit as a kid, the nonprofit as a kid. Um, it was called Young Life. So I was one of the kids, um, kind of came here and there, met, met a guy who uh, reminded me of me. And then as I, when I graduated, I came back and volunteered and I volunteered for a really long time just because it was just something that was passionate. It was close. I mean, it, it was like I'm, it's in my neighborhood that I'm in right now. Um, right. Kids who look like me. And so I just that was my way of giving back. Gotcha. And, then I, and then I led a few teams. And then one of the guys who was um, in charge, he was like a VP, he was like, yo, you want to come on staff? Um, but I had to move. So I moved to Rockford, Illinois from Minneapolis, Minnesota to work for them. And then I did that for two years and then came back. So part of it was just, you know, I just wanted to get back. And then when I came, when I started working for them, then that was really, really when it took off. Gotcha. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah. Said, what, um, what part of the country are you in? I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota in cold Minnesota. Oh, look, so here, here's how you know it's cold. You got on a t-shirt. You were talking about rain. You talking about being in rain boots and stuff. Yo, I got on hoodies. I got on a t-shirt under this and a shirt under this. I ain't playing no games. <laughs> so you're not out there trying to hang out in your shorts? Oh, absolutely not. I'm not that guy. I had my hood on most of the day. I was like, yo, it's cold outside. Gotcha. Well, it, it's, it's weird because it's like it does this thing where it'll rain over here and it'll warm up for a second and then tomorrow mm -hmm. drop 
down to like low of 30s and 50s you know, <laughs> like a couple of days yeah and they might jump up to like 70 for some reason oh wow and you're you're in atlanta right yeah just north of atlanta up in up in the mountains of north georgia uh is that like stone mountain or what no stone mountains is like south south of atlanta so i'm i'm up in dalton as you're going oh. up to uh, chattanooga tennessee okay gotcha yeah. dope dope i guess I'll, I'll be going to the uh appalachians this weekend hang out with some of the guys from the uh the men's prayer line dope dope that's what's up man yeah but tell tell me a little bit about like how you how you grew up. Did you always live in Minneapolis? Uh, so I was born in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, okay. But my mother moved up here uh, up to Minneapolis when I was a baby. Like I legit don't remember all my memories of um, growing up are in Minneapolis. So I, when I tell people like I'm I'm from Minneapolis, but I still got my parents are both um, from Mississippi, so I got that that Southern swag with the gotcha. Midwest with the Midwest swag. <laughs> the uh, I mean, what what is it like? In, uh, I guess that's kind of a silly question. I was going to say, what is it like up in the Midwest in comparison to like other places that you've traveled to? Like in comparison to the not with the nonprofit when you were going around to different places and speaking to kids. Uh, you know, the most common thing when I tell people I'm from Minnesota, if I'm talking to anybody of color, they'll be like, "Yo, there's black people in Minnesota." And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a comment, and I and I, and then I'll say, "Yep," and I played hockey growing up. And yeah. so uh, it, I think, I think um, you know, no matter where you are, no matter where you're from, there's always a, a level of uh, isolation that you are. You know, you're isolated from different parts of the world. You're isolated from um, culture in a sense, but then we're so much exposed, right? So right. I remember first going out to Atlanta a few times. I was like, yo, I ain't never seen this many black people in one place in my life. <laughs> and like I would go throughout the day and I would look around I'm like yo there's this okay wow because there's a lot of there's a, there's there's a lot of us in Minnesota but there's not a lot compared to Atlanta right compared to the yeah. south and so um the culture I grew up in especially in a nonprofit, I was pretty much always the only um black person that worked in that organization uh, mm -hmm. and for three like an organization that I worked for before um in three states Minnesota North Dakota South Dakota I was the only person of color for a minute. And gotcha. so um, I've always been the only, I've always been the youngest in certain aspects. And then there's a, there's really a, a perception of, you know, because in Minnesota, especially in the Midwest, there's, there's a lot of really, really good schools. Minnesota mm -hmm. is popular because there's so many Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 400 companies, um, headquarters to Target, Medtronic, um, Best Buy, all these companies that you know, we have headquarters, so there's always jobs. Gotcha. But the thing is always, are there jobs for people of color? So there's a lot of white folks, there's a lot of senior leadership, and not always tons of community um, opportunities for people of color when they come up at work. So General Mills, they'll hire you. Um, yeah. Cardio, they'll hire you. Uh, sleep number, they'll hire you, but you got to find your own way throughout life. And most of the time, those corporate companies, they want to make sure you stay out of, out of trouble. So they move you to the suburbs. So you don't even know, you know, the urban part of the community and the urban part of the cities exist until you meet somebody like me. And you're like, yo, where, where are you from? Yo, where did you do that at? <laughs> right. So I was always the, I was always the kid who met because I went to a school that was very diverse. Um, and people would kind of come from all over. I would meet people and they'd be like, yo, where are you from? Because you don't seem like you're from here, which technically right. I wasn't. And then I would always connect people like, oh, yo, you, you like basketball. We should go hoop with them. And we'd go across and they'd be like, yo, how do you meet all these people? 
And so that's how Minnesota is for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I love it. It's a place, my kids are here, so I'm, I'm not planning on moving. But the right. simple fact that I've been able to go and travel and tell people about what it's like being in Minnesota, but also bring different experiences from being in Atlanta and Chicago and Houston. I'll be in Houston tomorrow to bring those experiences back and kind of create that culture and give people something new has been, it's been a real, um, a, a really great thing for me. And most of my friends are transplants. Most of my friends aren't even from here. Okay. Right. And right. So yeah, it's just, it's just a little different. I, I see it differently. I think, you know, you could look at it. There's probably some people who feel like there's a crab in a barrel kind of mindset. Um, there, there's probably some people who are like, yo, there's, you know, endless opportunities to make money and to uh, be successful. To both of those, I would say, yes. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, there's an opportunity for everything. I think it's all about how you see it. Gotcha. And I, I guess one, one thing you said, I'm not sure if I caught it right. You said that um, the thing about Minneapolis, especially with the big corporations that are there having their headquarters, is that you they give you the opportunity. But when it comes to like culturally, you have to create that and you have to go kind of seek that out for yourself. Yeah. Is that, I guess, can you explain a little bit more of that? Yeah. So um, I'll use, actually I'll use um, uh, Beastmo Digital in an in a, in a aspect. So we're both connected to Beastmo. We're both connected to um, multiple communities, right? ETA, Foundation. Um, we have similar um desires, thought patterns, um, passions towards serving people, getting kind of the word out. Mm-hmm. I, I see that here. And I think that is part of the culture here in Minnesota in Minneapolis specifically. The difference is, is when you realize like, okay, here's what they give you, but they can't give you everything. This is like our parents. Right. Right? Our parents want to give you a great education. They want to guide you through life, but they can't give you everything. Some of that you got to learn on your own. I think it forces because there are not a lot of people of color, because there are um, hidden opportunities within the opportunities, it almost forces you to feel um, like either I got to do it myself or I can be comfortable. And I think sometimes people choose to be comfortable. So the way I wanted to kind of go about my life was I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity that you give me. And when you give it to me, I'm going to not only leverage it like once or twice or for my own good, I'm also going to put other people on. And I think that that exists here, too. I think there are, um, you know, if somebody comes here for a job. There's multiple people I've met from the South who are like, yo, I came up here. I ain't know a soul. But it was a great opportunity. I came here to go to school, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. they met their spouse. And then they they've been working at that job for 10 years because they treated them well or they found like they could, you know, it was less competition or there were Mm -hmm. so many opportunities because they were the only there were things that were happening. And all of that, I think, comes with a cost. It's a trade off. So you may get a bunch of opportunities, but you're far away from home. Um, You may be far from home, but you're making up enough money and you're living pretty well. You can fly back home as much as you want to. Right. Right. Question. Yeah, somewhat because the um, I, I guess as the more time I'm spending like in Breathe University and around like Beast Mode Digital, the thing that I'm seeing as I'm just starting to get into like the business space or trying to figure out what the the mindset is. A lot of times I, I come across this, whether it's from people that don't have or people that um, I guess I could say maybe people of color or people that just like you kind of see that there's a system set up and it's maybe not set up to work 
for you. And sometimes yeah. I hear people either in their language or in what they say, it's like, oh, okay, like they're not looking out for us. And like, sometimes I didn't understand what that meant because me, myself, like I live here in Georgia and I, I grew up here in Georgia, but like naturally I'm not US born. So it's like, I'm Got it. coming in and I'm kind of look at things from a different lens. And from my viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think there's a different level of, um, experience that people get especially like you said right. if you were born somewhere not raised somewhere i i think the the thing i think about that though asher is like yes there are disparities yes there's i mean all types of things that happen but what are you gonna do about it right and right. not everybody lives their life that way and right. so what i i guess what i've always tried to share um with people that i that i encounter is like okay but still yeah. <laughs> like, yep, that's a fact. So you're going to cry about it or you're going to figure out how to get over it. And usually people know me well enough to know, like, they respect that. And and I don't do it in a rude way, but I think they respect that and will say, you know what? I like that. I like that attitude. I like that approach to life. And so that's allowed me to to meet so many different people and to experience so many different things. And I think the same thing for people here. Like, there's so many people who have been exposed to different things. So, yeah, I, I agree right. with you wholeheartedly. Got you. And I mean, the, the reason I asked the question, I just asked it for clarification. I, I know like, I asked you if you wanted to be interviewed and just kind of do, do this as like a podcast I'm launching. But yeah. my, my main reason to do this is like, one, I want to get to know you better because it's like, it's one thing to see you online and we kind of interact if it's we're learning or we're joking, but then like actually having a chance to see how things work from your perspective, that, that helps me kind of understand who Jesse is. And that yeah. was like, okay, like you've got a different perspective, so I can understand that um, there's another way to there's another way to see it. But one yeah. thing that I saw, like I spent some time in the Midwest for about a year and a few months. I spent about over a year in Louisiana, and then I went up to um, Illinois, just outside of Chicago, in the playing field. And from time to time, I would go into the city visit with with um, family, and I think I took maybe a trip or two with some family to uh, Milwaukee. And then right around Labor Day, I drove around Lake Michigan for like four days, stopped by 12 cities, went around and just like, just kind of observe how people live. And I was like, okay, it's different up here. Like, it's nice during the summer. I'm sure I, I wouldn't want to be up here during the winter, but yeah. everybody's out. Like the water is clear as like crystal because it freezes over during the, during the uh, winter time. But I was like, Hey, like yeah. people are living different lives. And it's, it's true that their disparity is a thing. Just like there's disparity in the U S there's disparity overseas, but like seeing how the mentality of people is very consistent. Like those that see the situation that they're in and decide to do something about it always kind of find a way to come out on top but then those that are kind of just like oh this sucks they just kind of yeah. get stuck in that and that trip around michigan really inspired me as i was getting ready to go back to georgia because um i think this was three years ago four years ago yeah four years ago because i, I came back here 2015 and uh one of my co-workers had reached out and i was looking for a place to live and they're like really insistent that I, I move in with them because they had an extra room and i was like okay cool like i'm curious to just look at the place i don't want to just necessarily i've been living on my own for a while i don't want to just go and move in with somebody but it's like i go they're so welcoming and everything they're out from uh, washington and like 
I guess it, I just I'm really appreciative of how the way people think because on the one hand they had this um, they had this uh, like when they're on the west coast they seem so so progressive and like at the same time their mentality was kind of like negative or one of the, the people because I, I stayed with the couple and um, like the how do I say like the the woman in the in the couple she was just like oh this city sucks it's boring it's this it's that just like all this negative stuff it's like I just got there within a day and I was like I don't know what you're talking about I walked downtown I went out I saw that they're teaching uh Argentinian tango which I didn't know what in the world that was but I went over there and checked that out for the first time I was like okay this is cool they're teaching this at the YMCA they've got um lively things going on and for me it was kind of like a coming home party like being in the midwest coming back to the south instead of it being flat all the time it's like you got mountains and rolling hills i was like wow like you really don't know what you have until it's gone or you learn to appreciate stuff when you come back to it yeah no definitely definitely yeah but yeah, that that's why I asked that question because I, I just wanted to know, like, with you not seeing what you wanted to see initially, like maybe not seeing other people that look like you or seeing the opportunities as other people presented it. How did you go about creating those opportunities for yourself and finding them? Yeah, I would. So I think um, what was what was very helpful. My mother um, never allowed me to settle or to compromise, and so. I don't even think I realized that that was happening and until way after the fact. Um, I I was always kind of, a, I've always been a driven person. And so I strategically have always kind of just set up, like, here's what I want to do in life. And I just found people who did what I wanted to do, whether it was in person or online. And I just learned and I learned and I tried it and I learned. And so like, I feel bad. Like I don't have a super deep answer for you other than like, I guess it's a perfect answer. Yeah. I was gonna say other than like just the determination to um, go after what it was, the things that I, I said I wanted. Right. Right. You don't have to be super deep here, man. Just, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, you know, yeah. cause I think sometimes people try to take it there and I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm really practical. Like there right. was something that I wanted to do. I found somebody who did it or something that looked somewhere close to it. And, and most of, most of the things in my life, um, I saw a lot of things that were wrong. So I only just knew what not to do. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to do, but I'm like, I definitely right. need to do that because that clearly right. didn't get you a good result. And it's probably not going to work for me. And so that's right. how, how I got stuck on. Got you. Hey, that, I mean, that, that makes that makes sense. That's a good point. And sometimes they say it's like, if you know what not to do or what you don't like, that's better than not knowing anything at all. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of times people just like, they kind of make, they kind of made me feel bad where you're in high school or you're in middle school, you get to college. And it's like certain people are always so like, I know exactly what, what I want to do. Like since I was a kid, I was a prodigy. I was this, I was that. And like, if you'd spend too much time watching them, it's like, well, crap, I don't have my life together. But then you grow up and you're like, you look over and you see that person, they're over there struggling silently, but they don't want to say anything because they like put on this persona. And it's like, man, you ain't got no clothes on. Like, stop, right. stop fooling around. But then it's like, okay, I've got my thing that I like. I'm doing this. It works. I do that. It doesn't work. I'm not doing that anymore. I keep doing this. It works. Okay. Like build on it. And just, yeah, that, that's a good point. You said you don't, you knew what you didn't like or what didn't work. So it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I just ran with it, man. I just ran. <laughs> 
That's what's up. So what what do you have going on now? You said you do full-time consulting and speaking? Yeah, so I work for myself. Um, I'm actually about to try to hire an an admin right now. Um, So probably about 60% of the time is consulting. Um, I would say 50% of the time is consulting, 30% of the time, sorry, 50% 50% of the time is speaking, 30% of the time is consulting, and the, and the other, um, you know, 30, 20, whatever, whatever is left is around coaching. And so I try to uh, spread, those are pretty much the three business units. And um, I'm tra- I travel a lot. And so I'm actually going to Houston first thing in the morning to um, speak at a conference for HBCU uh, faculty and staff. Um, so I've been able to, again, I didn't, I didn't know how necessary to create it, but I knew what didn't work. And I've been able to now um, create a living and provide for my family just from my gift and being able to speak and, and to, to help people really just kind of getting at your same question. Like I just serve, I serve wherever I can. So sometimes people want me to speak. Sometimes when people want me to work with them more consistently on their organization, I met a lady today, legit today in the cafe, um, and just happened and she asked me what I did, told her I, you know, what I did. She's like, man, I'm looking for a professional development coach. And we got to talking. She was talking about a situation at work. Um, and I was like, yep, that, that's pretty much what I do. Here's what you should do. And she was like, I should hire you. Well, you let me know. <laughs> that's <laughs> me what's know. up. Yeah. So. Nice. It's, it's funny because until I met, like, saw guys like you, saw people like E.T. got into Breathe University and kind of got around, like, where people are doing this regularly, making money, doing something that seems common. But it's like, it's, it's one of those things that seems simple, but it's really not. And when you see the, the kind of work and effort people put behind it, it's like, oh, okay, they're not just sitting up here talking. They're like, they're really studying their craft. They're like honing it. And can you like, can you speak a little bit to that? Like what it took from you just speaking normally for eight years, starting the business on your own, like what, um, like what kind of changed or what was your, your work process like to where you were, you were, you got excited. You're like, okay, I can make money doing this. But now it's like, if I'm going to make money, like here's how much I'm going to make, or like, here's how I'm going to even make, go from making zero to making something. Yeah, I think one of the biggest uh, shifts that I had to see, I, I talked about this on my webinar last night, I had to see in myself that I was a business. And so I don't think that most of us are taught those business principles and that you are a business. So in the sense of like the definition of business is the exchange of goods for commerce. And so mm-hmm. if I go talk most of the time before I was talking and I guess I got paid, I got a check for it, but that was just kind of part of how I saw it. Oh, I want to serve. Oh, I want to help. Oh, I want to give back. And so I would go talk and I wouldn't get anything out of it other than, you know, the the high of, oh man, I did something great. When the shift for me was when I saw myself as a business and being able to say, oh, people will actually pay me a certain amount of money to go speak and and still serve, but add value and they'll pay me. And then, so like I got a couple, you know, a couple hundred dollars here, five hundred dollars here. A thousand. I think the first time somebody paid me fifteen hundred dollars, I was like, "Whoa, this is real." Okay, and then <laughs> numbers just kept going up, and I was like, "Whoa, this like this really happens." And then again, being around people like Et, Kendall, uh, David Shans, all these folks that make money doing it, 
I was like, yo, this is this is legit. Okay. Right. So I got even more serious about the crap. Got you. Well, and I mean, what is it? What are some specific things you did? Did you like seek out coaching or like? Yeah, that's the first thing I did. I, I got a coach. So Kendall Ficklin, um, I called him. I, I followed E, pretty much did everything I could, watched him, seeing how, you know, he was consistent. Um, and I wasn't skeptical, but I was just like, yo, if my man, if his story is really what it says, what he, what he says it is, and he figured it out, clearly he knows something. And so I was just following that, following that. But then I would see other people around him, and Kendall had been with him for a while, and they would talk about him. And so when I met him at a conference, I reached out to Kendall and was like, yo, um, I want to learn how to do what you do. I heard you, you know, built it from the scrap, built it from the bottom up. <clears throat> Excuse right. me. And uh, we, had a, we had a pretty uh, similar personality. And he taught me the ins and outs, how to craft my story, how to um, call and find opportunities, uh, what to say, what not to say, what to send out. And all I right. did, again, I didn't know what not to, all I didn't know what to do, I, just, I knew what not to do. So he gave me stuff to do. I just went and did it. That was it. Like I literally yeah. just did every, I did every single thing that he gave me. So I'm gonna stop work. I would come back and say, yo, uh, that didn't work. And he would give me something else. Eventually yeah. it just started working. And I was like, wow, he really knows what he's talking about. This is crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's awesome. But yeah, I think most of it though was just taking it seriously. Like I started practicing. I would get up in the morning, crack a dawn, and I was already up early anyway. And yeah. I would practice my talk sitting in the mirror. I would <laughs> practice telling stories, putting up flashcards and talking to myself. And my wife would be like, yo, why are you making all that noise at three, four o'clock in the morning? Um, I, I, I use my, <clears throat> my kids. They would throw me different words and I would try to tell a story and ask them if they know if it made sense. I started reading to my kids a totally different way, trying to you know use the voice inflection and all that stuff. It, yeah. it, it just, there were just things that I did because I, once I knew I could make, you know, $500,000, I knew that was just the tip of the iceberg. Right. And I, I really had a passion to say, no, let me see how far I can go with this thing. And I'm, I literally, I mean, I told you, I've been in this four years. I still yeah. feel like I'm just started. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm so hungry, man. I get, ex I, like this stuff, like I was, yeah. you see, I, I stood up when you asked me the question. Right, right, right. I, I'm usually pretty chill when I'm not on stage. And even when I am speaking, I'm pretty, pretty calm, but like I get super excited talking about stuff like this because I really believe like you're only as good as your last, you know, as your last gig. And so my last gig I just did for uh, a private company, which I had never even like the fact that I'm working for a private company that I can't even talk about. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm clearly on my way. This is it. So I get excited about stuff like that because I think I think the exposure that we that we have to people around us to mm -hmm. do things that are different creates more opportunities and more ideas. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Like the the one thing I'm I'm finding for myself right now is that I'm I've gone from doing a lot of spectating from the sideline, kind of watching, and it's like, oh, they say just create, just do this, just do that, and I'm like, but what do I do? And I was like, okay, stop, like stop asking that question. You already had the idea. Yeah. Like go talk to somebody that's doing it. That's just a few weeks or a year in front of you, and like see what they're doing. And like literally just started having the conversation conversation and initially i started it ran away from it and i was like no i don't want to do that like this editing thing is hard like i can't stand to hear my voice or look at my face <laughs> and it's like yeah well, you got to get over that at some point like 
kind of get out of your feelings and figure it out. And yeah. just going back to what you said about being consistent and kind of doing the like small incremental steps really, really make the difference to where like I'd recent, I, the only reason I really got into this is because I took some time off from work and then I wasn't in the best mind state, but kind of getting back around the right people and trying to figure out like, okay, what is it that I need to be doing? And like, what do I care about? And yeah. going to like one of the ETA conferences and daring enough to like write down a dream or a goal. And it's like, yeah. I don't know if I want to write this down. I'm sitting there like scribbling it on the piece of paper. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, of all times, when are you going to do it? October 2019. I was like, shh, yep. like, write it, like put it in my book bag, forget about it, just go home. Like, oh, this is great. Like, hug up on friends like hey how you doing it's good to see you it's good to see you like go back to my room like i flew up that day and i'm flying back the next day and i was just like oh i'll just lay in bed i don't really want to go out like just come up like with excuses and, and they're always like a dime a dozen and yep. uh, like finally like just a combination of things coming together and when it, it kind of <clears throat> hits you to where it's like oh okay like there is like there's room for me here. Yeah. I can actually grow in this space. It, it that's a really it's a really powerful thing. Absolutely. So, so I guess if you had like a, a takeaway message to give people, what what would you tell somebody that's like riding the fence or somebody that's just like, oh no, you're you're you guys are just talking some mess or like this it's not true. Like I didn't grow up around that. Like you're just making up stuff just to make yourselves feel good. Like, what would you tell somebody that's like, just is doubting themselves so much, or they just, they had an idea at some point, but they, they just need a reason to like believe in themselves again. Yeah. Um, that's a great thing. <clears throat> so let me, let me, uh, I want to make sure I say it right. Gotcha. I would, I would say, um, to that person who feels that way, shame on you, shame on you for being selfish, uh, shame on you for uh, throwing a pity party on yourself because you decided that you weren't going to give 100%. Shame on you for being so selfish that you won't change somebody's life, right? Like, I literally think that we have the power to, I mean, from a smile to a hug to a handshake to content to a video uh, to a talk to creating something, whatever that is, I literally believe we have the power to change people's lives but we're so caught up in our own stuff and we're so selfish that we don't think about other people. We think about ourselves. Mm. Um, I always give the opportunity to tell when I, when I speak with people, I always say, you know, I ask the question, who's counting on you. And most times somebody, if not multiple people will say like myself and I'll say, don't say yourself. And they're always like, well, why? And I'm like, because how many of y'all ever hit snooze in your life? And usually hands go up. I'm like, how many of y'all hit snooze this morning? <laughs> right. How many of y'all hit snooze this morning? Like snooze is real. And they're like, man, me. And I'm like, because you will hit snooze on yourself, but you won't hit snooze on somebody else. If it's that person that's important to you, if it's that person who um, you feel like, you know, if, if you don't make it, then they don't make it, whatever that is. It could be your mom, your dog. I don't care who it is. Right. Uh, but shame on you for being that selfish that you don't want to get up and you want to hit snooze on them. Like, shame on you. And if you right. don't feel like that's not, that's not you, then you owe it to them and you owe it to yourself to give every single thing that you can in order to make their life a better place. Like, I just believe like, again, we have the power and, and no, it doesn't have to be perfect. We're always searching for this like perfect, perfect thing. We're not, there is no perfect, perfect person. You are perfected in the process. 
And so as you continue to move and go, you get better and you get better and it gets easier and it gets easier and you keep moving. And so you got to figure out how to keep doing that. Hey, you guys, Mosaic is actually going to be out there this okay. week. I don't, I don't know if they told you already. No, Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Um, so you got to keep moving. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep going. If not for yourself or somebody else. If right. You and I both know, like if, if somebody had a gun to your head, a gun, somebody, somebody called you and they had a gun to whoever, your mom, your dad, your loved one, and said, you know, if you don't come up with $10,000 um, in a 24 hours, they're gone. You might go rob a bank. I don't know. I'm not telling you to go do it. I'm just saying you will figure out something to come up with more than zero. And right. that's the mentality I feel like people need to have a little bit more. It's like, what are you willing to do? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to push through? Are you willing to, to get past that one doubt, doubt thought and see what happens when you trust yourself? See what happens when you try. Most of the time, if not 98% of the time, you find out that you were just tripping. <laughs> and I'm a living proof of that. I was yeah. in my head. I threw myself a pretty party. And when I got there and showed up, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Actually, I got a phone number. Actually, I met somebody. Actually, I had a really good time, but I blew. I I was at the house throwing a, a hissy fit because I was being extra. Right. <laughs> Nine times out of ten. So that's what I would tell. Like, yo, you have every opportunity in the world to do anything. Don't choose to do nothing. Got you. And I like how you put in there. Trust yourself. Yeah. Got you, man. Got it. Appreciate you, Jesse. This, uh, if you would, let the people know where they can find you, how they can reach out to you. Oh, uh, man, the best spot um, online, if you reach out to me on Instagram, I'm Mr. J. Ross, M-R-J-R-O-S-S. On LinkedIn, I'm just Jesse Ross. On Facebook, I'm just Jesse Ross. Um, so feel free, reach out to me. I'm super approachable, as Ash will tell you. I try to be my best to just be a regular guy. I am a regular guy. You see me, I'm in a hoodie. I'm still in uh, space at my church. I'm doing all types of stuff. So just let me know if you would love to talk. I would love to connect with you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you.